Hey friends, Shaburi here for Women's Hot Topics. And I have told you guys before uh, that my husband and I are traveling across the United States in our RV and interviewing people along the way. And there are hot topics that are happening in people's lives. I have seen what God is doing in and through their lives, and it's up to uh, us to bring this opportunity for you to listen to these shows. Would you guys please find us at himforher.org? H-I-M number for her dot org uh, and find us there and please donate so we can continue to bring these amazing shows to you. And today's hot topic is with a guest that we have had before and we've invited her on because she is an expert in her field. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Monica Klein and she was trained by the LGBTQIA plus community and Planned Parenthood for a decade-long career as an HIV prevention educator, sex educator, and the title X trainer until she decided she couldn't stomach it anymore and some of the things that they had asked her to do. Um, Monica Klein left and and founded a wonderful organization. Please look it up. It Takes a Family, a conservative family advocacy and education group, and now speaks about her experience and helps parents to understand what their kids are being taught in schools. She has also recently featured in the film, The Mind Polluters. You guys, I want you to find that, The Mind Polluters. And if you want to find Monica, please find her at ittakesafamily.org. Ittakesafamily.org. Monica Klein, welcome back to the show. You're such a vital guest to have on. Oh, thanks for having me back. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. Now, if you guys are wondering what this topic is about, It's about, yes, doctors are performing sex surgery on children, and I can't believe it. I have researched this. I've been looking into it. I've even seen it on national news, and Monica Klein is an expert in the field as she talks about why this is happening and how it is happening. Um, Children who think they're born with the wrong sex are getting support from parents and doctors who give them sex-changing treatment, according to the reports in the medical journal of pediatrics. Multiple hospitals around the United States are performing surgeries, sex change surgeries on youth. And we're going to get into a little bit about the government. We're going to get into what parents are thinking of. I'd love to talk about what this topic is all about, because for some of you, it might be a brand new topic. And honestly, it's making me sick, making me sick for God. And so we have to talk about this. Monica, can you tell us a little bit about the background and what's happening with these sex surgeries on children? Yeah. Uh, so the, the background, uh, you know, this, this is something that I'm familiar with, uh, but it used to be back in the day when I was working in HIV prevention, that I did a lot of work with the transgender community, but there was mostly adults. We never saw children in this. Um, I actually facilitated a, uh, support group for trans adults, um, all biological men who believed that they were women. Uh, also I want your audience to remember that, or I want to remind them that this was, this is really my past life. Um, but, but something that stays the same is I do have love and compassion for people who, um, are confused about their gender, but Shug, there's a big difference today. There are those who have a legitimate gender dysphoria, and then there are those who are really predatory. And now it's gotten to gotten to the point where children are being groomed to believe that they are not the actual gender that they're, or the sex that they were born in. You know, we're seeing uh, 
really that it's become a social contagion, whether it's in the United States or in the UK, we're seeing that children, especially girls, and, and it's, it's especially in the white community, over a 400% increase in girls identifying as boys and seeking out hormone treatments, puberty blockers, and surgeries. Girls as young as 13 getting full mastectomies. And you mentioned something earlier. I'm confused with how parents are allowing this to happen. Uh, I am surprised by the medical community as well, but I also believe that there's a lot of evil people who are really motivated by money and by doing these surgeries and providing these children with hormones, they have a customer for life. They will have to be on drugs for life. They will have to get repeat surgeries for life. They will need mental health and, and medications for that as well for life. Um, studies have been showing that, and we've known this, I've seen these studies from years ago as well, that transitioning someone, which is a false, it, no one really transitions into another sex, but by doing these surgeries, there is a honeymoon period right after the surgery. And then suicidal ideation skyrockets after that, uh, worse than it was before. Um, so whether it's, you know, children or adults, this is an unhealthy, uh, very distorted, very, really a perversion on our humanity. And, uh, and I think we can approach it with some compassion, but at the same time, boy, we need to be bold. We need to be bold and put our foot down about this. I agree wholeheartedly. And, um, I think, you know, you mentioned parents and let me, let me just touch on that topic for a minute. I was really pondering this thinking, okay, what parent would allow their young child to go in to these hospitals and the hospitals is a totally different conversation, but, and allow their children to have, uh, basically have their uteruses taken out or have double mastectomies, uh, mm-hmm. genitalia surgeries. And I know this is hard to hear friends, um, and, you know, we're going to get a uh, graphic from time to time. So please make sure young children are not about. But I think, you know, when you put a child through that, the hormone shots, uh, the test- heavy testosterone, et cetera, this to me is child abuse, uh, child abuse to a minor who, you know, might at that day say, oh, yes, I want to do this. And it's not unlikely. Don't you guys remember when you were little kids? It wouldn't be unlikely to want to trade gender roles. Hey, I'll play dad. You play mom. Or maybe someone, I was a tomboy. Uh, I embraced being a tomboy. Sometimes I used to joke that God was starting to make a boy and then he made me uh, because I really enjoyed a lot of the things that the boys enjoyed uh, as far as sports, being a tomboy, et cetera. So this is not uncommon, um, but what is happening in parents' lives, I think, and I've been really thinking about this is possibly two things. And uh, let me know what you think about this, Monica. is either they don't want to have a homosexual child, so they're going to alter them physically so they can be the sex that child feels that they are, or number two, they feel pressure because their child is unhappy. They feel they should be another sex, and they go to teachers, educators, therapists, doctors, and uh, they've been told you have a choice. You can either have an alive son or a dead daughter because of suicide. And so now that parent has a pressure. Oh my goodness. If I don't allow this trend, uh, this, this gender um, affirmation in that child's life, they're going to be suicidal. Um, what do you think about those thoughts? Absolutely. I think, uh, number one, it's uh, a lot of parents have said that it's because of this fear that their child will commit suicide. 
the predators are preying on these children are feeding them all of this information. They're telling them, use these excuses, say these things. When you see the doctor, when you talk to your parents, uh, you know, there many people who have transitioned are admitting that people who investigate this have been saying it, whether it's on Tumblr or Instagram or on Pinterest, these are the message that kids are getting. They are being groomed to believe these things. Then by the time the parent becomes aware of it, I think parents, you know, one, they love their children and they're faced with something that they're so confused about. They have no idea what to do about it. Um, and I think many of them do just kind of, they just cave, they cave because they don't have a standard already that lets them know what is right. What is wrong? What is natural? What is unnatural? Um, and, you know, and then I've, I've interviewed several parents of children who have, who are, you know, wanting to transition. They're on my podcast on the Monica Klein show. And these are all parents who refuse to affirm their child is the other gender, but they love their children. So they're not abandoning their children, but it's very, very difficult for them because not only social media, but the culture schools, even sometimes churches are affirming that in their children's lives. And the only children who've been able to come out of this are children whose parents have desisted, detoxed, and detransed. In other words, it's almost like an addiction. They have moved literally these, the, the families that we know of whose children have come back to understanding and having peace that they are actually a boy or a girl, their biological sex. These parents have had to move away to another community. They cut all ties with previous friends that the children had. There is no technology in their homes and they bond as a family. They do things together as a family. Mm -hmm. um, and those are the children who have been able to get the counseling that they need and to stop having all of these influences on them, convincing them that they're otherwise. And, and it's very difficult and, and we're, we're hearing stories from detransitioners and these detransitioners are being attacked on a daily basis. Their lives are being threatened because they're coming out and letting people know this is the truth. And similar to what you said, Shook, is that they had experiences, you know, that they were tomboys or whatever it may be. Um, in some cases it was abuse. They were raped as children. Um, I just spoke to a friend of mine today who detransitioned when she was a little girl. Uh, and she has a good friend that she, you know, a biological male who said that he was raped as a little boy. And this is a very difficult topic. So again, I'll, I'll share this warning. And, and what happened is that this little boy who's now a, a grown man, his body responded when, when, when a man or even a woman, whether you're a child or an adult is raped, sometimes the body responds automatically. It, it, it's very confusing for the person that's being raped. And so as a little boy, while he was being raped, his body responded in, in such a way that confused him to make where he was thinking, why, why would my body respond that way? He ended mm -hmm. up hating his genitalia because it responded to being raped uh, as though it wasn't a rape. And so that confused him terribly. And that's why he wanted to cut off his penis. Mm. That's why he no longer wanted to be a man because he hated himself for responding. Uh, and it's, and it's something that, that children have to be counseled on because the body does respond, even though it's a trauma, even though it's, mm -hmm. it's something wrong. Um, in many of these cases are children who have been abused 
and they then rationalize in a, in a way that, that isn't accurate thinking that they should be the other gender. Um, mm-hmm. I had a similar situation as a little girl was abused as a little girl and my brother was not abused by this relative. And so I just thought boy, girls are vulnerable. And if I were a boy, if I could just be a boy, then I wouldn't be abused anymore. Of course, back then this was in the seventies. So there was nothing on transition transitioning or anything like that. I just was convinced that as long as I didn't develop and go through puberty, that I could stay a boy and I could be safe. And I was also a tomboy. So I could just be adventurous. I could be a scientist. I could be all those things. Never talk to my parents about this at all. Puberty was actually a very difficult time in my life. Um, and my gender issues did resolve themselves through puberty. And then I had peace with who I was. Um, but had I lived in, in today's time, I would have completely been, uh, taken to Planned Parenthood or another, you know, another clinic where I would have been transitioned all because I experienced a trauma. And so, you know, I think about for parents out there, what is, what is one of the solutions, you know, one is, is we need to talk to our kids. We need to really spend time with them. We need to recognize what's healthy and unhealthy in their lives. And if the internet is something that is changing the way they think about themselves, then parents need to set some very clear and hard boundaries on that. Majority of the cases of children who identify as transgender, their parents admit that they allowed their children to have nonstop no boundaries on the internet, especially during the summer. Um, and those that influence of their constantly going through social media and receiving these messages is really changing their values, their beliefs, and their attitudes about themselves. You know, I agree with you on that too. And I sometimes ask, you know, where is God in all of this? Um, you know, what does God think about this? What does scripture say about it? And I think it's really important as parents um, that you you find out what does the Bible say about our uniqueness and how we are made. And it is wonderful that um, God made us in his image. You know, in um, Genesis, he talks about he made man and woman in his image. And that's who we are. And only God is the one who dictates what sex we are. You know, there's a really good show that we did with Nancy Piercy on Love Thy Body. And we talked about it. It's show number 78. Please go back to it. It's on transgender. God should have made me a girl is what it was called. And I love the perspective that she took on this as well, um, which agrees with what you had said, uh, Monica, is, is that if you are a, a girl and you have more uh, male tendencies, embrace that. It doesn't mean you change your sex. It means you embrace the way you are, your, your uniqueness. If you're a male and you have more feminine tendencies, that doesn't mean you go around in a dress. It, it just means that you embrace how God made you and you are each uniquely made in the sight of the Lord. And I think what we need to keep in mind too, when we come across someone who's transgender, we don't judge and we don't look harshly on them. But instead, we look at them in the image of God and how God made them to show respect and love for the individuals. Um, and so I think we need to get the love thing right. You guys have heard me say this before, um, but we need to bring this to the forefront because sterilization is against the law. I don't know how this can't be against the law. Absolutely. I mean, this is genital mutilation of our children absolute genital mutilation. It, it obviously will lead to sterilization. Even the puberty blockers, they're not puberty blockers. 
uh, you cannot stop. Uh, it, they, the, the way Planned Parenthood is advertising this to children is saying, hey, if we put you on puberty blockers, we're just pausing your development to reflect who you really are. And they use all these really happy, wonderful, comforting terms. Um, the puberty blockers pause development, and then you can start your development again, like no big deal, like you're playing a video. <laughs> um, when you pause development, puberty, you are actually destroying the body. Uh, we have cases of strokes. We have cases of osteoporosis. The brain is not developing appropriately and you can't reverse that. That is permanent damage on a child's body. Uh, there's a young man, there's a video on YouTube, um, a young man who uh, basically said that his parents allowed him, he's in his twenties, his parents allowed him to be on puberty blockers. And this is again, a graphic thing that I'm going to share, uh, but he's now a grown man and he no longer identifies as a woman. He does identify as homosexual. And he said, now I have the genitalia of a little boy because I never developed and I mm. can never get that back. I no. will never be normal. I will mm. never function normally. I will never experience you know, all these things he can never father. He can never be, he can never have sex normally again. Um, and, and it's tearing him apart. So not, nothing is being paused. This is false advertisement, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, and it should get just shocking how the American, you know, basically the pediatric world is supporting this. Mm -hmm. I mean, and you know, inaccurate information that is dangerous. Do we get dulled? I mean, this is the question I have. I mean, is the enemy just so prolifically uh, out there in this world today that as Christians, we get dulled? Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised. What next? You know, all these things are going on. And where are the Christians? I mean, we're going to talk about that in a little bit on, on things, what we can do to make an impact. But you had mentioned the hospitals and the doctors and such. And I want to come back to that in just a minute. But where's the government in all of this? And so believe it or not, um, Biden's administration, President Biden's administration released a letter to the attorney generals of each state, get this, warning the top law enforcement officials that they could be violating civil rights laws if they don't comply with gender affirming care procedures for children. Then government, uh, Governor Newsom just a couple of days ago signs a bill making California a sanctuary state for out-of-state children, we're talking children, to receive gender-affirming surgeries and hormone therapy, moms and dads, without your permission or knowledge or consent. I mean, Absolutely. what's happening to this world? It's just becoming so nullified. It's like, oh, come on over to our state. I don't understand how a human being can even think that way to mutilate a, a beautiful child who is probably and can be either wrong or right about the way they feel about their sex. I think what you're, you bring up a good point about being dulled. I think that's very important for us to talk about right now, because uh, as someone who, who experienced child sexual abuse and have met many men and women who've been abused as children for many years, I've always thought, you know, we've kind of become dulled to that as well. The laws are not as strong. Uh, predators go free often. 
Um, and people don't want to talk about it and church doesn't want to talk about it because it's, you know, and, and I've come to the conclusion, that I think it's because it's so shocking. We don't want to think about it. And now this child abuse, not only is, do we have this child rape is really what it is. Child abuse is child rape. Now we're seeing that that child abuse has gone not only to sexualizing a child, raping a child, but now genitally, you know, mutilating their genitals. Uh, and even in the trans community and in the LGBTQ community, because I worked in that community for nearly 10 years, actually over 10 years, it is hypersexualized. If anyone wants to disagree with me and get angry, I'm speaking God's truth here. It is hypersexualized. So we're seeing that the child sexual abuse has advanced beyond child rape to mutilating their genitals and still sexualizing them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. It is a horrible satanic attack on our children. And as Christians, we've got to open our Bibles and understand that there is true evil. And God has told, like I've been reading in Jeremiah and he tells him to, to the, he's going to give Jeremiah the words. God is giving us the words to speak. Do not be afraid. And he even tells Jeremiah, uh, when you speak, do not be dismayed by their faces. In other words, those people are going to get angry at you when you speak truth, but I, but I'm there and I will deliver you and you will do what I, what I ask. And I'm going to make you an iron pillar and a fortified city. And we need to remember what God has promised us because this is a war against God's creation of humanity. And they are, and it is a direct attack on our children. They are vulnerable and they need us, those who know the truth to stand up for them, whether it's the parents or just the, the Christians in general, we have got to fight. Um, and is there still compassion there? Absolutely. For those who want the help, there is definitely compassion, but Shug, I've been in this and, and have worked in this for a long time. And there are those who do not want to change. And there are those who really are predators on our children and they're not going to change. They have made their decision. And there are many who are in deep perversion and we need to stop this movement and we need to protect our children. You know, it's a very hard some, truth. Amen to that. And we need to wake up parents and teachers and educators, we need to wake up to this. I feel like we're in a dulled sleep and mm -hmm. scripture talks about that as well. In Ephesians 5, 11, it says, take no part in worthless deeds of evil. And that's exactly what this is. And darkness instead expose them. So I'm going to read it again. And I want you to have confidence and power in these words. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them, Ephesians 5, 11. And so I want to talk a little bit about um, the doctors in the states that are putting this into place. Can you speak to that? Uh, you know, what are the doctors thinking? What are the hospitals, children's hospitals? Why are they doing this? Yeah, you know, we, we have uh, clinics all over the country now. We have more where the UK is pulling back because they were supporting this for so long. And now they're seeing, uh, this is not right. This is, this is going the way we thought they're actually closing down clinics, even though we have their data, even though we have their research showing that this is wrong, the U S is increasing the number of clinics throughout the country. Mm -hmm. And 
It has now become normal for medical doctors, general practitioners, pediatricians to ask children about their identity. It is becoming an unsafe place for our children. It has become an unsafe place for our children. Our schools are doing similar things with mental health bills. They're asking children about these topics. They are uh, helping our children to comply to a new world, to become desensitized and dulled and to accept this as the new reality. Um, you know, your listeners might say, oh, Shug, you just brought some kind of conspiracy theorist. You know, just, just do the research yourself. No, no, do the no, research. Do the research. It yeah. is there. There no, it's, it, this is what's really different. When I was working in HIV prevention back in the nineties, a lot of this was hidden. It was still funded by the government. A hundred percent, uh, advocates for youth seek all of these organizations are still funded by the government. So the government knew what they were doing, but we kept it under wraps. Today, no one's keeping it under wraps. It is in mm -hmm. your face. It is in every commercial. It is in Disney. They're letting you know that they're doing it. And they're not, you know, and they're, and they're not even say, I dare you. And no one, and not a lot of people are speaking out on this, but we need to, we need to, because we could be not only saving other people's lives, but our own children's lives. Shug, I have many strong Christian families in my life, personally, even whose adult children are now identifying this way. Mm -hmm. You know, Why? it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say it's, it's because we need to, we need to bring our children back to, it's not just Bible stories, but what you said earlier, help them to understand that this isn't just a story. You were made, you are made in the image of God and you have a great mm -hmm. purpose in your life. And we need to take hold of our children and them and teach them the word of God, not as Bible stories, but as truth, it is truth. And we need, it is time that we, we are now needing to put the full armor of God on our own children because they are facing this every single day when they go to school or if they're on technology. I agree completely. And I think it really starts parents with prayer. I mean, your kids are just so deluged into uh, society, social media, school, I mean, it's everywhere. This is not an uncommon conversation. It's one of the number one items therapists see when kids come in with anxiety is their uh, sexual identity or orientation. Um, and so it's really become a huge issue and we're numb to it and we need to do more things. Um, you know, what I uh, had read, um, and if you guys look at the Daily Caller from August 13, there's a huge article on this as well, but 60 to 80% of these children actually work their way through it after puberty. It's puberty that, you know, all the hormones and all the different feelings and, and thoughts. And you had mentioned that uh, you had addressed that earlier too, at the beginning mm -hmm. of our, of our conversation, uh, that it works its way through. Now what happens is if this child, uh, the regrets the child has once they've had all of these uh, life altering surgeries, shots, injections, and they look and they're mad at their parents. How could you let me do that at the age of 16, 17? Or um, they are mad at the doctors. And this is irreversible in many aspects. Um, and so what is this child going to do? It's up to us as parents to protect our kids, no matter what their thoughts are, no matter what pressure society has. As you can tell, I get a little excited about this. Um, and, you know, the research behind it is minimal. There was something called the Dutch protocol mm -hmm. where they had only 54 subjects in the Netherlands, no control group, only one study. 
And they talked about the four different phases where they did social transition, where they do the he, she uh, pronouns, you know, how are you going to be addressed and living with that identity. Then number two, they went to this uh, puberty blockers. Um, and then number three, sex, uh, cross sex hormones, which means you're getting testosterone or estrogen, depending on, on what your sex is. And the last option was surgery. And there was not a lot of research that went into this. And now the president of the United States is saying, oh yeah, this is okay. Let's do this. I mean, there's, there's no research as far as the suicide. We talked about that, uh, about the issues that children are dealing with. You know, they need to be kids. Let kids be kids yeah. and experiment with their lives from there and allow them to make these decisions after 18 years old. Yeah. So, so many, so right now in the United States, any child can go into a Planned Parenthood and within the hour walk out with puberty blockers. There is no counseling. There is no, uh, like you mentioned steps in this study, which is not a real study. Cause like you said, mm -hmm. it was only 54 people, you know, yeah. um, there were no steps in that. It was, it's literally zero counseling. Do you identify? Okay, great. Well, here you go. And they just, it's over and over again. Young people are sharing that that's true, that they had no problem getting puberty blockers out of a Planned Parenthood or any other physician. So, um, What's interesting is that when we share the research, what you just shared, it's crickets. This, the Biden administration from the very beginning, let everyone know that this is what they were going to do. If someone is a Democrat and did not read and listen to the Biden administration, because it was on their website that they were going to do this and they were serious and they're doing it. So uh, it was on their website. They were going to yeah, perform. Yeah. Uh, these transitions um, for children. They had the language so that they were going to support gender identity and all of that. I don't know if it's still on there, but it was part of their legislative priorities. And, um, you know, you, they you bring up a point too, that um, it, I don't know if it's on there anymore because a lot of hospitals that were performing these altering surgeries on children removed um, their information on their websites because they were getting so much um flack and, and issues with the public. And it's still there. It's still happening. They're just not publicly announcing it anymore. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, exactly. They're just not going to announce it, but they are doing, uh, some of the clinics in Texas, they have actually stopped advertising that they're doing it. Um, they don't call it a gender clinic. Uh, some people even thought, did they stop? They didn't stop. They're just not making it public so that people don't protest at for hospitals, but it's still happening. And, uh, we had a mom who took her, her daughter to the hospital for an unreal, had nothing to do with gender identity. She just, you know, I don't know what it was, but she had to go to the hospital. Um, and they asked the mother to leave so they could ask the daughter some questions. And the mother said, no, I'm, I'm her mother. You know, I'm, I'm going to stay. She's a minor. And they said, well, you have to, because you signed this form right here that says that we, uh, well, can have private time to talk to your daughter. And uh, she protested, but then decided to walk out and said, fine. She came back in and, and asked her daughter, what did they ask? And, and they asked her about her gender identity. They, they grilled her about whether she really identified as a boy and that they wouldn't tell her mom if that were the case, not even there for anything having to do with gender, mm -hmm. uh, that happened in Austin, Texas. This is happening. It is happening. 
uh, parents, when you go to the doctor, they don't, they don't need time with your child ever. There is no need for that. Don't sign anything that tells that, that gives them permission to do that. Walk out of that clinic. It, it's that mm -hmm. important because your child's life is at stake. It is that important and it could impact and pivot uh, what's happening in the way she or he is thinking. Um, you know, there should be laws against this and, and there are some that are in place. Um, some states are passing laws such as the Arkansas, the SAFE Act to prevent doctors from doing this. It's the parents' right to sue. It empowers the parents, this law does. Also, Governor Ron DeSantis just signed a parental rights bill in Florida insisting on transparency so parents know what their kids are being taught and then prohibits the introduction of sexual topics, sexual orientation, and gender identity in young students. We need more of this across America. Um, yeah. Do you have um, suggestions for us as this is pushed in our face and our children's faces of what we can do to push back on this? Right. Well, I think the first thing that I always tell parents, which you've already mentioned, is prayer and reclaim. And for me, with it takes a family, I, you have to reclaim parenthood. Number one, you need to become that strong leader in your home. You need to know scripture. You need to talk to your children. One of the main reasons that these movements, whether it's comprehensive sex education, the graphic sex, sex education, the homosexual movement or the trans movement, one thing that they do very, very well is they help your children feel valuable and they give them purpose. That's what the activism is about. This is just plain old psychology on what they're doing with your kids. They give them purpose. They make them feel special when they repeat the jargon that they have taught them, they applaud and they tell them how strong they are, how amazing they are, that they're going to change the world. And the kids love that. So what I tell parents is, are we giving our children, whether it's at home or in the church, that value because they're craving to feel valuable and God already has told us how valuable our children are and the great potential that they have. And we need to give that to our children so that they're not getting it from another place because they are being deceived by the world. So number one, have strong leadership in your home and make sure that your child, that you're ask God, give me eyes to see the gifts in my child and, and speak those into your child, make sure that they have a vision and a purpose in the family and at church and in their community together with you, together with you. Uh, the second thing I think is important is if they're in public school, you need to really be involved in your school and find out everything that is going on at your school. If you feel like you're not able to leave the school, then you need to be very involved and you need to sign out opt out letters. I opt out my child to not have any instruction on homosexuality, the transgenderism, mental health of any kind, suicidal ideation, just, just teach my children the basics. Um, that's another thing you can do if you're still in the public school system or even private schools, um, because there are many private schools doing this as well. And then the third thing, Shug, is legislation. I think many times Christians have felt that they need to stay out of politics. Absolutely not. This is why we're in the position that we're in, because there's not enough Christian leaders in the government to ensure that the godly principles that this country was founded on continue. And so, you know, we need the morality, the morality that with that this country was founded on is Christian Judeo Christian values. So we need to bring that back. We need as Christians need to take leadership positions in education, in government. Uh, we need to be 
there to ensure that we have the protections that families have the protections that they need. So the first step you can take is learning about the laws in your state, the education laws, uh, laws that have to do with mental health, laws that have to do with, um, you know, let me give you some examples, parents. The trans movement for some years now, their language says that these things are important because parents are a barrier to the health care of their children. Parents are a barrier to the, to the mental health of their children. When I was with Planned Parenthood uh, and training them in family planning, one of the main things that they always told me was that parents were a barrier to their services. So there's this huge movement to ensure that parents get out of the way. And the reason they want you out of the way is because you're incredibly powerful. Why are you incredibly powerful? Because you were created by God for this very thing to be a godly parent. And that is the key that you are a godly leader at home and you need to be a godly leader in this country. And so you need to start looking at those bills, get together with some of the family kind of Christian policy organizations or groups in your state and get involved. One of the things that you can look at is texaseducation911.com. Uh, that's a group that I'm affiliated with. These are people who created some legislative priorities um, that we were able to take to our state convention in Texas. And all of them have to do with parental rights, uh, getting back to basics and ensuring that parents and family and children are protected. And so go take a look at those legislative priorities and perhaps you would like to adopt those uh, for your state and use those and talk to your legislators about those priorities and ensuring that you have the protections you need in your state to protect your family and your children in the education system and the medical community. Um, because there is a huge move by our government, it has been in place for a very long time, um, called the Whole Child Initiative. And you can go to the CDC and look this up. And if you watch the Mind Polluters, I talk a little bit about this initiative in the Mind Polluters as well. It's called the Whole School, Whole Community, Whole Child. It's a whole child initiative where they have this virtual school that the school provides everything, meals, doctors, dentists, mental health. Um, everything that you could imagine all in the school. And it's really the, this, this institutionalization of our children, really the end uh, of private family. They're trying to take the role of family in the public school system. And this is really the government controlled school system. And we don't, we can't as Christians allow that because God did not give us our children to hand over to the state or to hand over to Caesar. He gave us our children so that we may raise them in the truth of God mm-hmm. and that they are a blessing. And so we need to take reclaim that parenthood that God has given us naturally, that authority that God has given us. We're absolutely equipped to do this. Uh, and so those are some of my tips is that as with it takes a family.org, you can go there as well, become an effective leader in your home, in your community and through legislation. You know, you make some wonderful points and friends, I encourage you to write these down, share them with others, share this podcast with other people. This is an important topic. It's very vital that uh, mutilation basically is happening to our babies and without our consent. And, and, and government is taking a role in this. The schools are taking a role in this. We need to, to step forward as mindful, godly parents. And, you know, I do think, we tell it like it is, friends, I do think that God will look at us face to face on that day and say, what did you do with the gift I gave you of a mm-hmm. child? And that's what our accountability is, is to get the love thing right. I loved what you said 
about affirming them, telling them they're valued. You're made in the image of God. You're beautiful and perfect just the way you are. Embrace how God made you because you are one with him. I mean, uh, and you know, friends, if you don't understand this, all you have to do is turn to Jesus and say, help me, Jesus. Pray to him. Invite him in your life. Father God, if there's anybody out there listening who doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, and today they're afraid, they're afraid for their children, they're afraid for their future, they're afraid for what's happening in the government, I ask, Lord, that they will turn to you right now, surrender their lives to you, and invite you into their lives. Father God, I ask that you guide them, you uh, whisper to them, you love them, you encourage them. And as they feel that from you, God, they're able to go ahead and pass that on to their babies and their children as well. And Jesus, I ask that this evil that the devil is doing uh, throughout the world um, to our babies and our children be stopped in the name and the power of Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, you are reigning, God, you are on the throne. And so we lean into you and we trust you on all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Monica, thank you so much for coming on with us and sharing this very difficult topic about doctors uh, performing sex change surgeries on children and states are authorizing it without any parental uh, consent. Uh, you know, it's a tough topic, guys. And if you want to get a hold of Monica, I, I encourage you that you do. Um, if you want her to come and speak at your event, et cetera, I encourage you that you do. Find her at ittakesafamily.org. And we'll have that link on our website. She's been a guest of ours before on our show. She's got some wonderful shows that she's had with us in the past called Reclaiming Parenthood, which is show 197, and The Sex Talk, uh, <laughs> show number 198. Um, and she's just a wealth of information. Monica, you're a blessing to us. Thank you so much for coming on uh, to Women's Hot Topics with Shugbury. And friends, please find us at himforher.org. Donate and help us to continue to have this platform to bring these hot topics to America. Thank you, Monica.